Good morning. I can echo that it is good to be gathered in God's house with brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to also echo what Ray shared in the Sunday school lesson this morning, speaking of support for the ministry. Thank you. I am so humbled to have your support and the support that you have shown us on behalf of a ministry, ministry team. Keep that up. Praise God. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. That was the scene of a classroom as a teacher had just finished handing out an ice cream snack to her class. The middle of achievement tests and she realized they needed a break from the in-depth studious work, the tests that they were taking. So she had given them a break and as she handed the, these treats out, the students responded with, thank you. Deep down inside, she says, huh, I did a pretty good job at teaching them how to respond with politeness. She dismissed them from the lunchroom back to the classroom to finish out the test. And the biggest boy in her class, who, the, who she thought was pretty macho, leader of the bunch, was the last one to go. He came up to her desk and he said, Teacher, I, I didn't say thank you when all the rest did. It just felt like they were following the leader. I wanted mine to be more personal. Thank you for the ice cream. She looked at him. She said, why, thank you. I didn't even notice you didn't respond when I was handing out the treat. He gave a big smile and walked out the door. As she sat and thought about that, she realized that all along, she had saw him as this big boy who was tough and macho and the leader. But even inside of Mr. Macho Man, there was a desire for recognition. There, were de there was a desire to please somebody. There was an emotional need for love. And that story stuck out to me this week as I thought about the human need of love and recognition. Beneath the facade of every one of us, there is a need for love. There is a need, there is a want to be recognized. There is a want to be accepted. No matter who we are. So what is love? I asked Katora this week, and she responded, hugs and kisses. Is that what love is? Sadly, our world has redefined love. And it has tied love to an emotional attachment or physical attachment. And society says that we only love if we're going to get love back. Or if we love, we're entitled to have or to be repaid. Is that what love is? Is that how you would define love? I think love is more than just the emotions. Love is more than just the outward signs. I would like to define Christian love this morning as a choice to prefer others over ourselves. A choice 
to prefer others over ourselves. And that's not easy. It's not easy to put others above ourselves. So where does this all take root? And I think it goes back to our love for Christ. That is the foundation. The foundation of love is our love for God. And in Mark 12, verse 29 and 30, it says that, For the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And I think you would agree with me, our love for God is at the root of our walk with him. It is at the root of our love for our families, our church, and those around. Our love for God is the foundation of our love for others. So let me start right there. We need to evaluate, do we have a love for God? If we don't have a love for God, don't even try to have a love for others. It's not going to work. It needs to start with our love for God. So that is in verse 29 and 30 in Mark 12. But he doesn't stop there. He says, secondly, verse 31, love thy neighbor as thyself, he goes on to say. Kind of ties it right in with the loving God. And the love here is an agape love, which I'm sure you heard that Greek word before. An agape love is not just an emotional attachment, not just a friendship. It is a choice, a specific choice to love even when it's not easy, even when we don't feel like it. It's more than just words. It's our actions. It's a heart issue. Anybody know why Jesus uh, stated those two commandments? Who was asking him about that? The young ruler. Remember the ruler who thought he had it all together? Came up to him and said, hey, Jesus, what's the most important thing in life? And this is Jesus' response. So the ruler says, oh, I agree with you. I do this and I do that. How does Jesus respond? He says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Ouch. He was showing the young ruler that he's not quite there. He thought he had attained, but he hadn't. Outward signs showed that he was following the commandments, but there wasn't something right in the heart. There was something wrong. So my challenge to us this morning is love. What is love? Why do we need love? My title is A Special Thank You. My text, we're going to go to John 13, verse 34. You can turn there with me at this time. And my goal this morning is I want us to see the power of love so that We can have love for one another as God loved us. Dear Heavenly Father, we invite your presence here this morning as we look at the subject of love and the love you had for us and the love that you are calling us to have for those around us. Please draw us to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So in John 13, we see here Jesus is with his disciples. So first of all, Why love? Why is love at the root of the Christian life? 
So a little context here in, excuse me, in John 13, Jesus' trial is drawing near. He had just spent years with his disciples, and he knew that his time was coming to an end. His time with them was drawing to a close. And the setting here in John 13 is the Last Supper, or some call it a love feast. And to give you a little context coming into verse, verse 34, if you back up to verse 25, it says, uh, verse 24, Peter beckoned unto him who was sitting close to Jesus. Verse 25, he then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? So here Jesus was uh, saying that somebody was going to betray him. And we see here there was already a close-knit atmosphere. The disciple, who many believe is John, was close to Jesus, probably leaning on him. Okay, This was a fairly intimate time for Jesus and his disciples. Therefore, it's called the love feast. I would like you to think about that as we go into these verses of love. Another interesting aspect is Luke, in the book of Luke, it says also at this last supper that the disciples were arguing, arguing about who would be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. They had a deep, deep down in, they had a desire to be above everybody else. There was a desire for recognition, okay? There was a human need. I think this is setting the stage for Jesus' response later on. They were seeking recognition. They were seeking love. At the roots of the human body is a need for acceptance, recognition, and love. This week I was, me and my wife are listening to a book right now called A Girl With No Name. And it was a stark reminder to me about the human need for love. She grew up in Colombia. This was in the middle of the 1900s, and this was a time when guerrillas and upheaval and kidnappings were rampant, and at the age of five, she was kidnapped, and her kidnappers took her into the middle of the jungle and left her there alone, and it was a story that was hard for me to believe, but it is, it is true, and there in the middle of the jungle, she found a community of monkeys that kind of took her in, and she learned from them. She started eating the foods that they ate. She was with them for some four to five years, is expected. And one time, I think when she was getting close to the age of 10, she was out exploring beyond this monkey community, and she came upon an Indian village. And she saw a lady outside of camp. She followed the lady back to camp, and she was just intrigued. And even though she was away from human communities for about five years, deep down in, she knew that there was something there. She had lost the language. She didn't know anything. She thought it was another kind of animal or creature. But she had a tie to that lady. She knew there was something there that she needed. She wanted to be accepted by her. So she followed the lady and watched the camp for a couple days. And finally, she had the courage to go into camp. The lady saw her, and I'm sure she was quite a sight after living in the jungle for five years with, with no clothes and no bath. Probably quite a sight. The, day, the lady screamed and backed up, and she was scared. The chief of the village came running up and pushed the girl out of camp. 
the feeling of rejection that she felt was intense. And the story goes on a couple years, months later, some hunters were in the area and she again uh, went to a lady, one of the hunters who were a lady, and she had compassion. The lady had compassion for her and the lady took her out of the jungle and the story goes on, she lived a very traumatic life in going back into the human society. So I had to ask, or what it showed me was that this young girl, deeply embedded in her, was a desire for love and acceptance. A love, an acceptance and recognition that went beyond the animal kingdom. There's something so unique in humanity, in humans, and we can find that in each other. The need for acceptance and love. You know, babies, when they're born, they're born with a need for love. Baby development depends on love. Scientific uh, research shows that a baby needs a hug, the kisses that come from their mom, in brain development. It's needed. God God has created humans with that need for love and acceptance. And many studies have been done on love and love languages. Okay, so we see the human need for it. But there's something so powerful in love that is hard for us even to grasp. Love turneth away wrath. Love envieth not. 1 Corinthians 13 speaks of that love. So there's a human need, okay? God created us with that need for love. Where do we turn for that need for love? How can we then love others? What is our role model? And I think that we can only find that in God, our perfect role model. Join me in in reading John uh, 13. We're going to jump in at verse uh, 31. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said with the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you, a new commandment I give you, that ye love one another. There's a human need for love. As I have loved you, follow me. I am the perfect rule model, so that ye love also one another. So my second point here this morning is our role model. And we can find that in Christ. As I have loved you, again, this word love is an agape love. It is a choice. You know, God, he first loved us. We did not love him. He created humanity. Humanity chose to disobey him. And back in the Garden of Eden, sin entered the world. He could have left us go, but no. He chose us. He chose to first love us. And I would like to draw a verse from 1 John 4. You can turn there if you want. 1 John 4, verse 9 to 11, speaks of the love that God had for us. Verse verse, uh, 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, 
Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So here we see God saw us. He saw that we had a need for that love and acceptance, and he did that. It started with God. He was our perfect role model. He chose to love us. There's a, and then in Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What does this show? This shows the ultimate sacrifice of love. Okay, we can grasp love preferring others before ourselves, sacrificing for others, but Jesus set the ultimate standard for love, and that is laying down his life. He died for us, for you and for me. That is why in our Christian life, we can have that acceptance and recognition from God, because he chose each one of us individually. All we have to do is accept that. That's the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate example. And you see, this example or this role model of love goes beyond just the external, goes beyond just the words. So after, back to John 13, after, John, after Jesus has said this new commandment I leave with you, it goes on later and Peter says, excuse me, Jesus, where are you going to go? I'm going to go with you. I love you. Jesus says, nope, you're going to forsake me. You're going to deny me. You see, Peter here was just a surface love. He wasn't committed. He said, oh, yes, I'll be there. It's one thing to say I love you, but it's another thing to show it and mean it from the heart. Another thing that is evident here, Judas showed signs of believing in Jesus. He showed signs that he was a part of the team. But what happened? Was the love in the heart? I don't think so. I think Judas had a love for something else, and it wasn't for real. So, back to our perfect rule model, it was a choice, a specific choice to love us. And so you might ask, well, how do I know if my love is real? Jesus' love was real for us. It was the perfect rule model. How do I know if my love is real? By their fruits you shall know them. By our actions. What we invest time in. Where we invest our resources. That shows where our love is. So back to this Jesus being our perfect rule model. Do we turn to him for our love? Or do we try to find love somewhere else? When we get a hold of this concept of the human need for love, we then turn to a rule model for this love and we find that in Jesus. So then what do we do? How do we respond to that? That is the question. Point number three this morning is a practical love. So here in verse 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, okay, you, there's a human need for love. As I have loved you, look to me for the perfect example, the perfect sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. Why? 
Why does he want us to do this? So that ye also love one another. You know, seeing the need for love in those around us and seeing Jesus' perfect role, role model should drive us to the ultimate sacrifice. To love even when it doesn't feel safe. Love when it's not easy. Love when it takes work. How does that look? And I'm just going to point to a couple practical things that came to my mind. But my goal this morning is that it would inspire us to think how we can love those around us. What does the Christian love look like? How can we let Christian love flow through us into those around us? And I think when we, when we start uh, thinking about that, we should first of all think about those close to us, not... That's the time, those are the people we spend the most time with. Family, they need time, specifically to parents. Our children treasure time. Yesterday, my, my daughter just wanted to be with me in my office. I had studying to do, but she was just thrilled to be there with me. They treasure our time. Recognition, do we recognize them? Do we recognize people around us? Do we extend a loving hand? What does that look like people with, or for people close to you? Do we give words of affirmation? Do we affirm them when we see them doing something right? Love also brings correction when we see them airing down a path. Do we lovingly address them? Not looking down our nose, but putting our arm around them. And the thing for me I've found is when stress and busyness comes, it often hits the people close to me the most. How can we love in those times when life is stressful, when life is busy? So I think when we think about love, how can we love? We think about our family. After we think about our family, if, if we're loving those close to us, those around us, it then bleeds into where? The body of Christ, the church. And that's so beautiful. What does that look like in the body of Christ? How do we love our brothers and sisters? Do we encourage? Even when we don't get a return. Do we support? Even when it's hard. Going out of our way. Thinking back to that story, Mr. Macho Man. He went out of his way to give a special thank you to his teacher. Do we go out of our way or do we only love when it's convenient? That hit me hard. It's easy to love when it's convenient and easy. But do we love when it takes sacrifice? Or may I ask, is it love if we don't sacrifice? Love in the church brings accountability, correction, working together with each other, putting an arm around your brother or sister. That is love in the church. So what happens when there's love in the family? It bleeds into the church, right? Where does it go from there? It should keep on going into the community. What is going to bring unity in the world around us? Is that a new administration? The lines are becoming clearer between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. When the lines are gray, there's room for question. 
And as we look at the world around us, we can't help but to see the political things that are happening. But how do we respond? Is that post on social media going to help? How do, we, how do we respond to this racial injustice? Do we turn a blind eye? Do we say, oh, no, there's no racial injustice? I've struggled with that. How do we respond? What does a Christian's love look like? I think love is stepping into the other person's shoes and seeing it from their angle. How do we as Christians love through this time? Abortion. How do we love those who think abortion is okay? Or do we view them with disdain? Immorality. When people are confused on their gender. How do we show love? What does that look like? Where's our perfect role model? An Anabaptist uh, minister I heard share this this week in the response to a new administration taking over. The inaugural address was pretty evident that they were set on unity and bringing the country back together. Is that what it's going to take? And it seems like if the kingdom of God has took a loss over this, this change in our country, but has it? Or has it opened the doors for us as Christians to stand for truth? Is there going to be a difference, a stark difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness? I agree, it's a, it can be fearful at times. But I think it's a powerful time for us as Christians to view it as an opportunity to stand in love. To stand for truth when we see that drastic difference. So how will you respond to the community, to those around you? Do you respond in love? What does that look like? Varying opinions. How do we respond in love when somebody views differently than we do? Do we just ignore them and talk behind their back? Or do we address them? Try to see it from their angle. Responding to sin. How do we respond to that? Do we respond with disdain and looking down our nose? Or do we respond with love? Going out of our way when it hurts to show them love and bringing them back to redemption and restoration. What's your thoughts? Did this get you thinking a little bit on what love looks like? Think about the human need for love. Think about God's perfect role model. And think about how we can practically play that out in our life, in the Christian life. In conclusion, thinking back to that story at the beginning, Mr. Macho Man, he went out of his way to say that special thank you. I think love is going out of their way to give something special. A thoughtful act, a specific choice, a willing sacrifice. I think that is love. And does, does that define your life? Does that define my life? And what are the results of love? When there is love in our family, in our church, in our community, for others, what does verse 35 say in John 13? By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. That is going to be the biggest witness, brothers and sisters. To others is our love. Our love for each other. And it, it, it points back to our love for God. 
the foundation of love. Love casteth away fear. And the, there's a love uh, chapter, they call it, 1 Corinthians 13. And in a couple weeks, we're going to look at that in our Sunday school lesson. So I challenge you, over the next few weeks, read through that chapter. What does love look like? It defines love so vividly in there. And may we discuss and encourage each other on to love. Love is a choice that brings purpose to life. When we choose to love, it gives us purpose. Back to that human need. When we are loved and accepted by others, it makes us feel good. So if we purpose to love others, that will give us a drive for life. That will give us a drive to love God first so he can flow through us. I pray that there can be an encouragement this morning as we think about our love to God and our love to others. To end here this morning, I would like to sing a song. Uh, take out your songs of faith and praise. And turn to number 448. This song is rounds, but it, it came, to, came to my mind and so beautifully portrays the, the love of Christ, the greatest commands. 448. I think we've sang this uh, uh, here before already, but uh, just to give you a little help, alto will start off, or all the ladies can start singing and the men can join along too on the second part there, love one another for love is of God. We'll sing it through one time, we'll come back and bass, you're going to join in at number two, we'll sing through, and the third time tenor, you're going to join in at number three, and the fourth time uh, the soprano will join in with, with their line at the top. So we'll sing it through five times. So we add, once we add all the parts, we'll sing it through again. Why don't we all stand to sing and think about the love for God and for the church. Love one another. Mm, love one another.
Love God and love your brothers and sisters. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the love that you had for us. We relish in that. And I pray that we would accept that love that you showed to us. Allow that to flow through us and into others. Help us to purposefully live and make choices to love those around us, to point them to you. Please take us from here. Help us to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.